I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. What's your question for Governor Herbert? This is Let Me Speak to the Governor. And thank you for joining us for Let Me Speak to the Governor. I'm Maria Shaleos, along with Governor Gary Herbert. And let's take our first caller now. And we have, Governor, we have Don on the line. Good good afternoon, Don. Hey, Don. Hello, how are you? Very fine, thanks. And how are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, Thanks, Governor, for your service and all you do. We greatly appreciate it. I just Thank want you. to, uh, I know you've talked about the homeless and Rio Grande and everything that's going on there. What, what is your personal take on how the progress is going? And what is our actual next step to continue this process of providing homeless with a, a living and home and, and a life? Well, it's incremental. It's certainly not going to happen overnight, and it's going to be the longest journey it starts with the first steps, and, and that's what we've done now. So we're on a long journey and at the very beginning of this journey. But... The first thing we can do, you know, uh, to take immediate action was to eliminate the crime. And so that's the focus has been on the criminal element out there and focusing on the drug cartels, of which we've identified three or four that were there. They've left now, it appears. Uh, and so uh, getting it so there's more peace and tranquility there for for people who go there to get, whether it's the road home, to get overnight accommodations or to get services from the social workers – uh, at least what we hear from them is thank you. They say this is better. It's certainly not uh, where we need to end up at, but it's a start. The next thing that we've had to wrestle with was actually having accommodations where we could actually house people. We've talked about uh, you know putting a safe space in place there by closing off the road where people can go there and have a kind of a check-in, check-out a gate there so they can feel safe in there, and, and I think that's important. We've worked very closely with the county. Originally, they said there was no room in the end. They had no bed space, and but now we've worked with them on Oxbow, which has been vacant for so many years and really an underused facility. looks like that can be opened up now, and we can use that for some bed space, and I think that's important, as I mentioned earlier, for us to be able to uh, triage these people to analyze their conditions, and if they have an addiction, uh, to see what we can do to get them off an addiction and break their uh, their habits, uh, whether that's opioid or any other addiction out there, some of it's alcohol. Uh, and now those that have mental health problems, uh, we need to get them into some treatment. And so that will be uh, ability for us to house them and then treat them uh, so that we can get them back to be contributing members of society. Then the long-term aspect of that is going to be this job thing. And, and uh, actually, I'm a believer in the in the dignity of work. 
all kinds of work. It doesn't matter what you do. The fact that you get up in the morning and work by the sweat of your brow and retire in the evening, I think people feel good about themselves. And we've seen different programs like this, not only in Utah, but around the country that are working now. As I mentioned, most people want to be able to be self-supporting. They want to do something that uh, they pay their own way and contribute to society. So that'll be the, the next step. And it's not going to cure all the ills, but it's certainly going to make a big dent in what we have had in the past and certainly make it better for tomorrow, what we're doing today. All right, Don, thank you. Right. Thanks for your call today. Let's take a call from Tammy now. And uh, Hello, Tammy. How can we help you today? Yes, um, I would like to ask the governor when we are going to go ahead and legalize marijuana since we're already set up as a controlled state. Well, we're already doing research. One of the things that's come out of this discussion and debate over these last two years is that uh, we've often said many times that uh, if we really want to legalize marijuana, we need to understand the science they can be quantified and have that research done that can give people confidence of how it uh, should be administered, what the dosage should be, and what the effects of that dosage will be on helping people uh, medically. Uh, it's been a disappointment for many that the previous administration, although they certainly supported legalization of marijuana, took uh, turned a blind eye to the federal law. And where they should have been saying, let's change that law. Let's, in fact, take it off the list so that it can be studied. And that's happening now. So the good news is research is being done at the University of Utah. And we'll find out what that leads us to. And I believe that if we, uh, as a controlled substance, uh, marijuana could be used for medicinal purposes. We just want to make sure that's not self-medication. We want to make sure that we understand the science behind it so it can be prescribed by a doctor, administered by a pharmacist. And if we do that, I think it can be used as a controlled substance medicine. And that's what everybody wants to get to. So I think we're on the same page in that regard. It's going to take some time. We've wasted years uh, in the past administration by just skipping over that step. Mm-hmm. Have you been paying attention to the other states that have had legalized it and how much revenue they're actually bringing in? I have. I've talked significantly to uh, the governor of Colorado, who's a Democrat, uh, and we worked very closely together in the Western Governors Association as well as the National Governors Association. We both have been chairs and vice chairs working together. I've heard him tell about his experience in Colorado. I've heard him tell me and other governors, be careful. Uh, you know, we don't know the uh, complete outcome of what this is going to do and, and how it's going to affect us. And there may be some momentary uh, successes there with an ad- additional revenue as a new product as you tax it. But there's also some downsides. And he he reminded all of us that when this came out in Colorado that every elected official voted against it. And he has now he's said to us, uh, you know, just be careful. Uh, watch what happens to us, and then you can learn from our experience, which will help you have a better experience. So, yeah, we're watching it closely, and uh, it's not all upside in Colorado. I can tell you that. Right. Thank you. Thank all right, you. Tammy, thanks so much for your call today. Uh-huh. And you're listening to Let Me Speak to the Governor. The number to call and ask your question, 575-1160. You can also text your questions to 57500. And we're going to be right back 